weapons of mass distraction. Satan is dealing with uh, distraction more than any other time in history. He's dealing with, with this generation of all generations, the 30 and under generation, millennials. Man, they have more at, uh, uh, things uh, attacking them, distracting them. Uh, I don't remember. I'm not that old. I'm only 58 next month, and I don't remember that many choices, that many options. I mean, you had Pizza Hut or McDonald's, and that was it. And the more options, the more choices you have to make, and the more choices you have to make, uh, man, it steals away. It pulls away, and God is calling us back. How many know God's calling us away, calling us to be with him? To uh, And listen, I want to just preface this message by saying I have not mastered the art of meditation and quietness. You can laugh. It's okay. Uh, my My mother did not take me to the doctor to diagnose me with any disorders. Probably should have had, but... I live to be this old by the grace of Almighty God. Personalities do come into effect. Some of you not might not be as distracted. Squirrel, you see what I mean? You see that? So I can be, I can switch conversations real quickly. Often do, uh, and, and and I can get distracted very easily because of my personality. So today I want to just say from the outset of this message, this is not dealing with your personality, because I believe Satan is on a war path. To distract the church of the living God. Okay, so if you have ADD or ADHD or if you uh, have any uh, disorders of cer- certain kinds, uh, don't don't sweat it. This is not a, a vendetta against you because uh, I have some of those uh, issues. But I, I got to tell you, God, uh, God wants us to walk in victory and to be able to recognize distractions, especially spiritual warfare and distractions. Are you all with me? So my first lesson in the series, way back, you probably forgot. This is our sixth lesson, uh, Disarming Distractions, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. But my first lesson in the in the series was don't hang up your harps. How many remember that one? Israel was in Babylon. They were discouraged. They were defeated. They were hanging up. They just quit singing. I mean, there's so many things came against them. They were living in the middle of captivity. Is anybody here listening to me? Living in the middle of a dark season, very hard season, in captivity. God actually put them there because of their disobedience. And they got so discouraged, so distraught, they hung up their harps on the willows at the river. And they quit singing. And uh, one of the things the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, hey, don't let Oak Grove hang up their harp. I mean, no, we're going to make it, Oak Grove. We're going to keep on singing. I said, we're going to keep on singing. We're going to keep on walking. We're going to keep on stepping in step with the Holy Spirit. We're going to keep on spiritually moving into God's destiny for us. And if you're going to do that, one of the things you have to disarm is distractions. Distractions. So Taylor's back so I can preach. Thank you again, Taylor. We love you. And so so uh, praise was our, our topic on that first lesson. Praise was a weapon against uh, Satan's attacks and the strongholds. And the Israelites were hanging up their harps on the willow trees, giving up in the middle of captivity. But if but if we if we take um, we take our harps down off the tree, I mean, we can learn to sing in the middle of a crisis. Hallelujah, Amen. I won't preach that. Praise is a weapon. So I wanted to tell you today, though, that Satan has a weapon too, warring against the church, and that's distraction. So I want us to look at it. Uh, the text is uh, while they were on their way, Jesus uh, had friends. I mean, you know, Jesus had friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They lived uh, uh, there in Bethany. Right outside of Jerusalem, we went 
saw Bethany, Melissa and I, when we went to Israel. Uh, unbelievable, just a stone's throw away. And a woman named Martha, somebody shout Martha, Martha. Martha, come and say Martha, Martha. We're going to get on Martha's case today. And if you're a Martha, we have an altar time for you. Martha, Martha. So a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And I'd just like to stop right there and say it's a good idea to welcome Jesus into your home, into our church. He's here. She had a sister named Mary. How many love your sisters? How many have a sister? How many love your sister? How many don't want to talk about it? She had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet. Isn't that beautiful? Two different personalities, two different people, same house, same guest. Martha's busy preparing the food, probably etouffee or gumbo. And Mary has the audacity to sit at the Lord's feet. And and what was she doing? Well, she was continually listening to his teaching. I mean, it would be a good idea to listen to the word of the Lord. But Martha was very busy and very distracted. Somebody say distracted. She was distracted with all her serving responsibilities. And she approached Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care? Is it of no concern to you that my sister has left? I want you to see it in her tone. My sister that you blessed me with has left me to do all the serving alone. Tell her, tell her right now, Jesus, to help me and do her part. As lazy as Mary. But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered and anxious about so many things. Anybody been there? But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, the part that is to her advantage which will not be taken away from her. Sorry, Mary, Jesus is on the other side. Distractions. It seems like Jesus is unfair, and I just want to defend Martha just a little bit. Jesus is coming over. Okay, Marys? Jesus is coming over. Not King Solomon. The Lord of glory is coming to our house. I mean, we got to get it spick and span. Jesus is coming to the house. I mean, you better clean your temple if the Lord's going to come and live inside. Yeah, that's a whole nother sermon, but Jesus is coming over. There's lots of things to do. If you, anybody ever host anybody over for dinner? How about Thanksgiving? Ladies might understand. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. We cook a lot in our home. We host, we have, we have kids, we have more kids, and then they came with other kids. And we, and we cook, and we cook a lot. We eat a lot. You can tell. But we, uh, but it takes a lot of time to prepare and to have guests over, and you want to put your best foot forward. Uh, and so I'm not sure where Lazarus was, uh, but he's not around. <laughs> the danger of distractions, it can destroy your destiny. I want to I help you here. Satan's war against the church involves the weapon of distraction. Distraction defined as shifting our attention from something of greater value to that of lesser value. That's it in a nutshell. So there is something very important that should have been on Martha's mind. Jesus is coming to her house. He's a friend. I think she understood him to be the son of the living God. Maybe at that moment she didn't have that divine revelation. But I know when her brother did die, she caught a revelation of who he is. I mean, no, somehow just uh, uh, things, the trials and troubles seem to reveal. Uh, how, how many get closer to Jesus when you need him? 
If everything's all well and good, you don't seem to really realize who's with you. But boy, when you need him, how many know it's good to know that he's right there? Jehovah Shammah. So, so this is what is, 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 is a thing that prevents concentration. Okay? That's why we talk about focus. Okay? And focusing our attention on the duties that she had to do. Martha was focusing all her attention on, on the dishes, on the meal, on preparing, on cleaning the house and getting everything speak and spam for the Lord and, and who's helping. She's by herself. She did it all by herself, single handedly. And there's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with hosting and being hospitable. And doing your best to, to host Jesus. Nothing wrong with it. But you can get so busy, so busy serving Jesus, you forget to have time with him. And so instead of instead of feeding Jesus, Mary allowed Jesus to feed her. Big difference. And that's the two. Uh, it's a diversion. It's an extreme. And Satan's using it against us, especially this generation. Uh, I don't have my phone with me. Praise God. I know some of you do because you're taking notes with it. You're not checking your email. You're not FaceTiming. You're not messing around at home. I don't know what you're doing. That's the privilege. That's why some people don't want to come back. It's nice to have church in your pajamas. But I know sooner or later, you got to get back to the house of the Lord. Sooner or later. There's plenty of room here. That 1200 seat auditorium. Come on home. But, uh, but, but here's the deal. You, you can get distracted real easy and become comfortable. There's a little old iPhone. I have an iPhone. I don't know if you have one. But this generation, uh, 30 years ago, the world changed 30 years ago whenever they invented this little pocket handheld device and or digital device or, or, or um, online. We went online, World Wide Web. What? I mean, the whole world changed. And uh, especially now for anyone 30 and under, I mean, I need help to just answer the phone. They know how to do. They know they were born into this digital age. It's uh, it's something that has actually actually gripped thirty and under people. Some of them actually get addicted to that cell phone. Uh, it's with you twenty four hours a day. I, I don't want to bore you with stats, uh, but let me just try. Let me just try. It's crazy. Uh, it, it's absolutely absurd that that. That people that people have uh, gotten to a place uh, distracted. Uh, another definition. I'll, I'll give you some stats in a minute. But another definition in medieval times, there was a barbaric torture tactic called drawing or quartering, and uh, and they would t- they would tie each of a person four limbs um, on a table and to a rope and uh, to four different horses. And they were they were made to run in four different directions until they ripped them they ripped them apart. I know that's kind of brutal and gross, but uh, I mean, no, that's what Satan is trying to do with a whole generation of people, with all of us actually, just pulling us in every kind of direction. And uh, the old old preacher said, "Hey, we better come apart before we come apart." In other words, we better make some good choices like Mary did, as opposed to Martha, or else it's going to get us in trouble. It's going to deter us away from the main thing, the one thing, the most important thing, the most valuable thing. It's going to divert us. It's, it's going to aggravate us. How many's getting, how many's ever gotten busy, so busy you were spinning? I know I have. In pastoral ministry, sometimes, man, you can get so preoccupied to work for God that you forget to work with God. You can get so busy serving Jesus' meal that you forget to sit at Jesus' feet and receive. 
And that's what the story is all about today, but it's a perfect picture of the American church. Um, do you, you know what the French called that tactic? That what I was telling you about in the medieval times? Distraction. That's what they called that torturous tactic. They called it, they named it distraction. And it's a perfect picture of the American church by running us in so many directions, keeping our minds in mental chaos, rushing us here and there and busyness. Uh, Satan has lured us away from the best thing. But how many know God is still in the redemption business? How many know we can always make time and room for Jesus? We can always uh, reboot. We can always reset. Is anybody hearing me today? This is not to bring condemnation. This is to teach spiritual warfare, to tell you there is an enemy. He's got a weapon, and it's distraction. And he loves to distort us and distract us and uh, and keep us from God's ultimate destiny. Distraction is the enemy of discipleship. i got to tell you this because that's that tactic right there. I hate to even show you, but that's Martha allowed herself to be distracted by many things. Many things. I don't know all what was on our to-do list. How many of you do a to-do list? Three of you. Man, you're not busy, are you? God bless you. Maybe I need to do laziness instead of distraction. No. Never allow busyness to destroy what really matters. That's the point. If you don't get anything else today, busyness, this, this is a, this is a tool in the hands of the Lord. Now there's a lot for us to do, but Mary, uh, was, I mean, Martha, I should have had Martha there. Sorry, I was distracted. Some of you caught it. None of y'all are listening today. I don't know what's going on. Martha was distracted while Jesus was in her house. Jesus was in her house and she was distracted. The Lord of glory, her friend, she got so caught up in meeting the need of her friend that, that she forgot to allow her friend to meet her need who was really the one who could meet anybody's need. Martha or Mary, feeding Jesus or being fed by Jesus, you choose. It's it's chaotic. It's chaotic. I mean, really, you get 24 hours in a day. Everybody, it doesn't matter who you are, you get 24 hours in a day, and you get seven days a week. And uh, And I remember early on in our ministry, I was at kids' camp. Maybe I told you this before, but I was at kids' camp, and I was struggling as a young husband, a young father, uh, a pastor, Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, how am I going to piece all of this thing? I feel like I'm being stretched in every kind of direction. Distractions. So I looked up to heaven and I said, this was Louisiana camp, Jim. Uh, I've been on a lot, campground for a lot with Jim too and, and Pam. But uh, I was in Louisiana camp. The girls were little. I don't even think they were eligible to go yet. But because I went, the camp director said they could come. <laughs> anyway, they need help. And so uh, I was standing in the middle of the campground and I said, Lord, I don't know how I can do this. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Pastor, you need to learn the rhythm of life. You need to get a new rhythm. You need to reboot. You need to reset. You need to reprioritize. You've taken some main important things and changed them for some lesser things. And I said, I just don't know how to do it, Lord. Can I be transparent and honest with you today? How many has ever gotten there where you didn't know how you're going to get it all done? So let me teach something. This is what the Lord spoke, spoke to me. He said, hey. You need to be pastor uh, 24 and 7. I said, I know. That's the problem. He said, don't worry. I'm going to help you. He said, you also need to be Melissa's husband 24 and 7. I said, I know. That's the problem. He said, you need to be those girls' dad 24 and 7. I said, I know, Lord. That's the problem. 
Are you going to give me a remedy or what? Can I tell you what the remedy for distraction is? This discipline. Discipline. If, if, if distraction is the enemy of discipleship, then discipline is the enemy of distraction. If we can certainly learn how to get a rhythm in our life, not just to be going crazy, it's God's. Listen, we hear these terms today called multitasking. How many know God never intended that? Some of you actually think, well, I'm, I'm, you brag about it. I'm so awesome. I can multitask. No, you're not that awesome. You're going to lose your little brain if you don't come back and reboot. God never created us to multitask. He told us to do one thing, focus, do one thing. Martha was the multitasker. Mary was the one after the master. So you got to choose. You got to really put this thing in perspective. And I hate to choose those two girls. I'm not trying to compare them. But saturation with busyness does not bring satisfaction to your soul. You can be busy, busy, busy doing a lot of things. And some of them are good. There was nothing wrong with feeding Jesus and hosting the Lord in her home. There's nothing wrong with cooking a meal and having a gathering. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. But, but Mary, she had a different choice. She said, before I go and feed Jesus, I want Jesus to feed me. It was a major moment in my life. And I had, I had to realize that, uh, if I'm in a board meeting and Melissa calls, I'm taking the call. Why? Because 24 and 7, I am her husband. The board will take care of itself later. I'm going home. And, and it helped me to reprioritize. It helped me to understand that there are some more important things than what I do. It's who I am. I mean, oh, you are important as well. Love the Lord your God with all your, you want to know how to prioritize? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. One, two, three. God, your neighbor, and you. And if you don't take care of you, I realize that, Ron, if I don't take care of Ron, I mean, I'm not going to be much good for Melissa or the girls or the church or anything else. So it's just a good way to reboot, reprioritize, and discipline can pull us back together and, uh, Come on, Humpty Dumpty. We got to get back together again. Some of you all cracked up and you're wondering why you're on this and that and you can't get, you know, everything under control. And it's because anxiousness has set in and you can't cope. And a lot of times when people can't cope, they begin to move away from the Lord. It's not satisfying at all. Busyness, that mistress, she, she is not satisfying at all. We got to get back to the, the main plain thing amen and uh it can get us back together so what are some of the causes of distraction well if satan can't have your heart he doesn't he does his best to distract it he knows he's not going to have your heart so he's after you so it's the enemy of discipleship and the way we defeat it is discipline so let's look at this start by creating space only god can fill first you got to give it to god then you got to allow god to fill that space are you hearing me that's the first and foremost thing. The first thing you got to do in recovery from a distracted life is to say, I got to stop and get still. Be still, God said, and know that I am God. Now, all of us have been there. All of us have been tempted to move and get busy about all kinds of other things. And But the list goes long, long, long list. Long, long list. But we have to really put God on the first place. Amen? First place, God, first and foremost. And all these other things, 
things, the many things that Martha was dealing with will be added. How many of the Lord, if you reprioritize, reboot, uh, just got to reset, how many of the Lord will help you get through everything you need to do? It's hard. It's not easy. It's not easy. I'm not telling you this is a walk in the park. I'm telling you, you have to find out your personality and your rhythm and your life and your schedule. But isn't this culture, uh, haven't, haven't they made it tough? I mean, isn't our culture going night into nothing? Quickly, fast. Everything's fast. So fast. And I think we ought to slow down and go fast. Let me say that again. <laughs> Somehow we have to slow down and go fast. Pray. Seek the Lord. So there's so many causes of distraction and we all get distracted. But I hope, I hope God will reveal some, some of this today. Our attention spans are short. I mean, short. Some of you are already ready to go. You put your shoes on. It's only 11. It's not even 11. And if you think that's bad, the, the newer generation has even a shorter span than the older generation. The older generation is short because they forgot what they was just thinking about. <laughs> the newer generation is so preoccupied with all kinds of other distractions that they can't. They can't stay focused. Are y'all hearing me? Is anybody getting anything out of this? So our time is spread so thin that it can be tough. Our uh, distractions reveal what we really love. Here's the point. Distractions reveal what we really love. Whatever you prioritize to the top of the list, that's what you love. So, so let me just help you if you're taking notes, Max. It's not on the PowerPoint, but we love what we talk about. Sister Hacker, I remember Brother Hacker, every time he'd see me say, he'd talk about Cameron, his grand boy. And he'd, and, and he didn't have an iPhone. He'd show me, he'd just flip out his wallet and brrr, 17,000 pictures of Cameron. He loved Cameron. He loved Cameron. We love what we talk about. So listen to yourself. Evaluate what's coming out of your mouth. What are you always talking about? Chances are it's in your mind. It's coming out of your mouth. In fact, it might even be in your heart because as the mouth, as the mouth speaks, what's in the heart, right? What's in the heart comes out of the mouth. Is that true or what? Am I preaching to somebody? So, so you got to look at this because it's very, very important. How many ways do we get distracted? So many and, and unprecedented distractions. We become conditioned to it and um, it's harming our ability to hear from God. And our ability to think and wisely and be still and, and pray and fast and read the Bible. It's ha- actually, it's, it's hindered a lot of people from even just attending church. And so instead of worshiping our greatest value, um, we focus our attention on things of lesser. The Bible calls that idolatry. And our attention runs uh, to what's important to us. So distraction can reveal what we really love. You love what you talk about. You love what you spend your money on. You want to know what you love? Check your checking account. Check. It's quiet in here. I didn't think this message would do that. Are y'all distracted? You can tell what you, I'm just telling you, if you're going to reprioritize, if you're going to reboot, if you're going to make the good choice that Mary made, you got to do a reprioritizing, a reboot, a reset. Sit down at the foot of Jesus and, 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 and listen to him and let him teach you what's coming out of your heart or the issues of life, what's in your heart, what's in your mind. What do you talk about? What are you spending your money on? What are you singing about? What are you crying about? What makes you laugh? That's what you love. At the deepest level, we are prone to distraction 
because we're fallen nature, selfish nature. And if you add to our fallen state our biological issues, our mental, our physical factors, uh, environmental issues, uh, poor nutrition, lack of sleep. Come on now. Some of you don't even get four hours of rest a a night. I think I would self-destruct if all I could get was four hours of sleep. Cultural issues, rat race, culture, technology, all of which fights for our attention. No wonder it's hard to focus. So whatever the cause, Satan uses it against us to take advantage of us. But God, how many believe God can help us? I believe he has a purpose and a plan for our lives. He wants to deliver us and help us to focus in, on our destiny and, uh, and um, you know, understanding the causes helps us to know what God is wanting to do. So uh, Mary and Martha, Jesus is in her house and she's complaining. She's worried. She's busy. And, um, and Jesus deals with it, I mean, head on. She turns uh, uh, to Mary, who's worshiping, and criticizes her because uh, she thinks she should be helping. All these distractions. In, and she thinks that she should be participating in the distractions. I know, I know it sounds crazy, but this is the story. And I just preach the word. Don't, be, don't, don't, don't stone the, the messenger here. Mary, Mary chose the right thing. And Jesus turns and says, Martha, Martha, leave Mary alone. Because she's doing what is important. You chose and she chose. And she chose that good and important thing. That one thing. That right thing. Martha was anxious about feeding the Lord. I think she was anxious about uh, what the Lord would think about her. What's he going to think about my meal? What's he going to think about my kitchen? And ladies, you know, you, you can understand that. Nobody's coming to my house until I clean it first. That's why nobody's ever going to your house. I love it. Some of you are laughing because you know it's real. Um, we used to go to each other's house. Didn't care how bad it was. If everybody's house was a mess, we'd be happy family. But we have to impress everybody. And that's where and that's where she was. I hate to tell you. She was trying to impress the Lord, but the Lord's not impressed. Come on now. The Lord's not impressed with your house or your food. We can get so busy, all things good or bad, but we have to decide what's best. All these things, these feelings, they're they're feeding our soul and taking the place that's reserved for the Lord. So our soul needs Jesus. Can somebody say amen about that? Our soul needs rest. Our soul needs to choose the right thing. Fill your soul with eternal things. Eternal things. Who cares about the house? Who cares about the kitchen? Who cares about the meal? Jesus is in your house. Jesus is, you're missing the moment. Mary caught it. She got at his feet. She called on the Lord. She's listening intently. And Martha's busy, 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 busy. And she missed her moment. Maybe she was jealous. Maybe she was jealous. I sometimes get jealous on people's personalities that are just so cool, calm, and collective. I just want to, how can you be so cool? Don't you know what's going on in this world? <laughs> and so sometimes I know they wish they had the energy I had. But we are all different. We have to reprioritize. We have to deal with this. Uh, and so did you know that if you entered the office of a president, a prime minister, or a king, they will remove your cell phone? No distractions in the presence of royalty. No, hey, listen. Not not here to bash no millennials and all the technology of the day. 
it's good if you control it. But if it controls you, wow. How much time do we spend looking through that little glass? How much time? And you know what it does? It separates us from God. It takes our time with God. It really does. Evaluate it. Take your time and look at it. You're not going to do it today. You do it when you get home. How much time do you spend on social media? How many times a day are you picking up that little thing and it's got you? You don't have it. It takes you, it takes you from God. It takes you from people, Mac. If I'm looking at you through a little screen, you know, it really is, it really is virtual reality. It's not reality. I went to Max and Cheryl's house, looked him in the face, brought him some chicken. I mean, oh, that's God. Max says, amen. I love Popeyes, right? But Satan has used these distractions today to pull us away from people. We don't even talk anymore. We don't gather anymore. I go to a restaurant, a couple sitting there, and they both on their phone. Anybody do it? I know we're all guilty. You might as well just say amen or oh me. We're only couples are looking at each other for an hour. They're not looking at each other. I mean, they're just, hey, what are y'all doing? We're on a date. <laughs> oh, really? You could have stayed home and done that. You could have stayed home and done that. Mm. And so, Martha, Martha. And uh, and so, this is a place that's reserved for the Lord. Amen? No distraction. It's actually rude. It's actually rude. In the presence of royalty, especially. But in the presence of anybody else. To take your time. If you're with people and you're on the phone, uh, you're telling the people you're with, they don't matter to you. So, put it down. Amen, Pastor. Martha was anxious about feeding Jesus while Mary was excited to be fed by Jesus. And Jesus wasn't concerned about the soup. He was concerned about her soul. What is it like to live without distractions? Do you know what it's like to live without distractions? I don't. Start by making room for God. Number two, God is not interested in competing for your attention. That's not number two, but that's it. He's number one, so choose wisely. Number two is ask God to help you consider what is best. She chose the best thing. She chose the best thing. She didn't, she didn't, uh, uh, Mary chose the best thing. She didn't go running around the house while Jesus is there. How rude is that? And after he leaves, you clean up in the kitchen. You didn't have no time. My mother was notorious. She was, uh, you remember those moms, the old time moms that cook all the meal? They'd serve everybody. They were the last to serve while they were eating, uh, they would clean up while everybody else was in the kitchen or somewhere else visiting. They were cleaning up. Remember those mamas? So the lady who invited everybody over, actually, uh, they didn't get to, <laughs> they didn't even get to visit with her because she was busy, 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 missed the whole thing. But maybe in those mamas' hearts, that was their joy. How many know what I'm talking about? It was their joy to host their family, to be with their family. I get all of that. But sometimes we get so preoccupied in doing things that we miss the main reason why we do it. So consider what's best because because God has a better choice. Somebody shout amen. Everything is not equally important. We get we get that. We get so distracted by molehills that we can't even march up a mountain. The little things become big and we just get so out of focus. And not every activity is vital and not every situation is eternal. There's some things I think we can let go. How many would shout amen to that? There's some things we can shake off. There's, we don't need to do everything. We need to learn how to say no to some things and yes to some things. And God wants us to be fruitful, so choose wisely. Never let the busyness choke out the blessing. You remember the story of the parable of the seed? We all have a seed. 
it falls on ground, all kinds of ground, right? Some of the ground it falls on, it chokes it out, chokes out the life of the seed. The seed is the relationship you have with God and others. Love God, love neighbor, love yourself. If you don't take care of those three priorities, well, you could self-destruct. So learn how to reprioritize. Usually this is the issue. We become paralyzed by the burdens and the busyness, and we try to do everything, we, we end up doing nothing. I said we try to do everything, we end up doing nothing. What good is it to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Trying to do it all. So it takes a, a, a toll on you and uh, your mental health, your physical health, most of all your spiritual health. So consider what's best. Uh, next, uh, learn how to clarify what's best. Okay, you gotta, you got to actually speak that out. Write it down. Verbalize it. Communicate it. Evaluate it. Find a way to get that to you. It's different for you. It's different for you. It's different for you. We all have one thing equal, and that is time. There's one thing. We're not all equal on every level. Socioeconomic levels are all different, right? Right? Ages are different. Everything's different. But one thing that's the same, you get 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. you got to learn how to prioritize your time. It's a big one. I know I needed it. I still need it. I still work with it. But we got to clarify it. Start by asking, what is the most important thing to God? If we're, if we're talking about being a Mary as opposed to a Martha, we got to ask God what's important. What's important to God? Are y'all hearing me today? Ask what's important to God. What is, what is not important to God? What is, what is, has no eternal value? And you're speeding, doing everything you can to get to get it done, get it done, get it done. Even this little project we're going to be doing at the end of, of October, middle of November, I can see just a garage. But I got good night. I've never been a part of a building project. Maybe this is God helping me get ready for the big one. But I hope in the process I don't have the big one. Uh, here I come, Elizabeth. I'm joining you, you know. I got to learn how to, I got to learn how to navigate through all of that. So board, you all have assignments. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not going to put it on y'all, but, but there's a lot to do. We got a lot to do. And that's what pushes us around. It pulls us, distracts us. There's a lot to do. And we think it's all important, but hey, some things are not as important to others. So what do I need to be focusing on? What do I need to delete? What do I need to remove? How many of you say, honestly, pastor, today I'm listening to your message. There are probably some things in my life I need to delete. Three of you. I knew this was a message from the Lord. <laughs> it's just uh, not everybody's voting. Are you waiting until October 10th? So does it glorify God? Here's a good question. Evaluate activities that you have. Does it glorify God? Who do you think was glorifying God more, Mary or Martha? What was more eternal, Mary or Martha? Was Martha and what she was doing bad? No. It's still good things. Remember uh, John Bevere did that whole series, Good or God? Remember that Good or God series? We had to make choices between good things and God things. doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means that there may not be as important eternally as the things that we need to be doing. So I thank God during this season we can, you know, go online by, you know, and the church is, is God's house. But, but we need to get back to church eventually. Can anybody shout amen to that? I'm afraid some have become so comfortable with online that they're not coming back. Listen to your pastor. 
we need you. We miss you. We want you here. And everybody at Oak Grove said, amen, we need you here. If you're really, really, um, you know, compromised, then stay home and don't, don't hurt yourself. But as soon as these things lift, get on home. It's not the same. We're not going to be online forever. Don't get hung up and addicted to that little, little piece of video. Love your neighbor. How many know this should be a no-brainer? Love your body. Slow down a little bit. Take a breath. Choose what's best. Choose what's best. Not only clarify, but choose it. Make the choice that Mary made. Once you consider and clarify what's best, and you actually have to make a choice. Choose the good, right thing. Make intentional, planned decisions from good to great, from good to God, right? So, so find courage to say no to some things and yes to other things. A holy yes. Amen? Let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. You can't say yes to everything. I have a problem with that. I got to tell you. I met the enemy, and it is I. It's hard to say no, especially to missionaries and missions projects. They're all good. It's so awesome. I want to go around the world and do everything. But I realize I want to, I want to help you here. Did you know Jesus had limitations in his earthly state? Come on now. In his humanity, Jesus had limitations. And even Jesus, the Lord of glory, had to set a time aside and get quiet and get along with the Lord, with his father, the Lord Jesus himself. And the disciples, when Jesus brought James and uh, Peter, James and John into another place to pray, he shut the door behind them. And in the Lord's Prayer, he said, when you go into your prayer closet, shut the door. No distractions. Distractions will get all of us. They will come to all of our homes. Nobody's exempt, whether it's online. Uh, listen, the reason it's so hard is because you can shop online. You can look at the news online. You can have recreation online. You can go on vacation online. You can have virtual anything. I mean, the world has created, the world has created a 24 and 7, anytime, any day. Walmart's open 24 hours a day. Walgreens is open 24 hours a day. In other words, nobody sleeps. I already know at Oak Grove or in Springfield, nobody cooks. How do you know, Pastor? Because you can't find a restaurant open anywhere on Friday night or Saturday night or Sunday. And right now, without the helpers, they definitely can't. So, so you got to make choices. And, and so to do that, realize you're not Superman or Wonder Woman. Even Jesus had limitations. Even Jesus had limitations. He was limited on the cross. Could have, if he would have pulled his deity card, come off the cross. Is anybody hearing me? But chose to deliver you and me from this satanic attack. Chose to stay on the cross so that we could walk in freedom. But we now have to choose the good thing. Right? To hear from Jesus and listen to the voice of the Spirit. To walk in the Holy Spirit. To walk in the Spirit, not be distracted by the things of the flesh. Material things. Money is not everything. Can somebody shout amen? My goodness, you get the end of your life and you got all this money piled up. What are you going to do with it? Spend it, Mike said, but you'll be gone, Mike. Give it to Oak Grove Assembly, okay, Mike? If you get it, you're giving it. Okay, y'all heard him. It's on video, Mike. Here's the deal. <laughs> Boudreaux joke is a good way to end this thing. Um, really rich man died and, and he wanted to be buried with all of his money. They put all kinds of piles of money inside the casket. 
and Boudreaux, he went over at visitation and he wrote a check and he took all the money, put it in the bag, put the check in the casket and took off. <laughs> You'll get that when you get home. We need the courage to embrace that we are not, we are not Jesus. But even in his humanity, he had limitations. And finally, we need to commit to what's best. Choose the right thing. It's just that simple. Eliminate. You need courage to eliminate distractions. We need courage to embrace our limits. Okay, be aware. Stop living in denial. Be real. We all have limits. Even Jesus was temporarily limited. And uh, as God, he had no limits. But as a human, he was born in the feeding trough. As, as a human, he was limited. He, he grew up in Nazareth, little old no place, no recorded miracles till he was 30. He lived, submitted to his parents. He didn't fly around like an angel. In fact, Matthew 8, 20 says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus never went to Rome. Never left Palestine. Are y'all hearing me? And we have a worldwide access. And the internet has opened up the whole world. Now with 24 hours a day. When you ding, ding. As a pastor, I keep my cell phone on because you could have an emergency in the night. But I got to tell you here lately, I've just been putting that thing on silent. But that ding is killing me. And so I get up in the middle of the night and then, uh, I just like, I, I had a new friend. I liked, I liked a new friend on Facebook. Ding! I don't care if you have a million friends. Let me sleep. But teenagers today, teenagers, 50% of them are having issues with mental anguish, anxiety, depression, 53%. Because they spend five hours a day looking through that little phone. Five hours a day. Five hours a day. No wonder. No wonder. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And every time it dings, they wake up in the middle of the night and look at that thing. I do it because it's my vocation. I don't want you to have an emergency and I didn't, I didn't be there. But my goodness, if I get there and you, listen, <laughs> and you tell me some uneternal thing on that Facebook, I'm not going to unfriend you, but I want to. God, help us. I have limits, people. Embrace your limitations and realize you can't do it all. You're not Superman or Superwoman. You don't need to be. And you don't need what everybody else has. It said, keep up with the Joneses book. I really don't care that you, you know, are having issues with your stomach. I mean, I do care, but do you have to tell the whole world? Go to the doctor. Trust God. Make a way. Make the best decision. Use your time wisely for the days are evil, Paul says. God wants to deliver us from busyness. Is anybody hearing me? And help us to focus on him more. Help us grow in self-control and discipline ourselves in faith. Whatever it takes, Lord, increase my desire to pursue you and what's best and deliver me from fruitless distractions. Forget Facebook. Put your face in the book. That's a whole lot different. So learn to invest your life, not just spend it. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Invest in the other world, not this one all the time. The more we invest in eternity, the less we concern ourselves with temporary things. Pastor Taylor, come on. We're going to try to close this and land this, this airplane here. 
I want to fight to win. How many want to win? How many like to win the battle over distractions? So, so I just wanted to help you to guard against burnout, guard against idleness, quit letting your mind uh, veg out, discipline your mind. Some of you say, well, I just uh, it, I chill out with that. Well, you know, I've vegged out before. It's football season. I said it's football season. And there's always a season. There's a golf season. After church, when golf season's on, I get in my recliner, and within two seconds, hey, if you want rest, watch golf. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. I mean, he's whispering. He's like, he's on hole number 18. It's a six-foot butt. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I can't. I wondered why my pastor watched golf, because I get it now. I get it now. Oh, man. Or if golf, watching golf doesn't work, come to church. Many of you get plenty of rest during the sermon, you know. <laughs> so, so, so this is what it is. Don't sit idle. Quit letting your mind just veg out. Discipline your mind. Set your mind on things above, not below. To set means to forcibly fixate, to focus. Do like Mary did. Choose the right thing. Guard against burnout. Jesus said, take no thought. Take no thought. What you should eat, what you, what you, what you should wear. Don't worry about everything. Quit being so anxious. Don't let distractions just make you burn out. Get anxious. Be simple, focused. Think tip, think biblically. Think eternal perspective. Don't get caught with endless, relentless distractions. So much I want to say. I want to read one more scripture. Would you stand? I'm quitting early so you can come time. Time for the Lord. Isaiah 40, verse 3. Lord, speak to us. Come on, lift your hand. Say, Lord, speak to us. Lift your hand. Say, Lord, speak to us. Because we're going to make an altar here. And I want you to listen to this. Isaiah 40, 3 through 5. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. In every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Hey, we need to establish some boundaries. We need to turn off our cell phone. We need to turn off our electronics. We need to, we need to do whatever we got to do. Especially the millennials. I love you, but I'm going to tell you. There's a lot of young people actually addicted, addicted to that little piece of instrument, little device. And, and, and it's social media, and it's, it's, it's seemingly fun and good. But if that thing gets a hold of you, boy, it can absolutely ruin your life. So the altars are open. Taylor and I are going to just sing a, a bit. But, but if anything spoke to your heart today...